You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein. That's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. We're recording a little later than uh, normal, about to watch Monday Night Football. And, you know, uh, when we all started loving football as a kid, my first memories I can remember, like when I really, really started to love football, was Monday Night Football with Howard Cosell and Frank Gifford and uh, Don Meredith. And there was that music, you know, that dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And and ESPN still plays that same Monday night football, and, and it, it just awakens the every, – every week I hear it. It's like a highlight of my week. It's like this is why I started loving football when I was like seven, you know. Oh, so, yeah. So I did to watch Monday night football. No, I think that's – that's you know what? I think that's when most people probably really started loving football. I know this, and th- this is what I used to do as like a little boy. Like, um, so my parents would put me to bed and then, you know, they, they would go to bed and they always went to sleep with the TV on. And it was usually, if it was a Monday night game, of course it was on Monday night and I'd still be up and I'd walk into my parents' room and sleep in a chair watching the game, whoever it was. Um, right. And, and I mean, I remember that vividly, man. I mean, that was a, that was my thing. I mean, um, and I'll tell you, um, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm looking on Wikipedia right now because I don't remember the exact date. Uh, but it was the Bears playing the Packers, and um, the Bears were not good, and the Packers were very good. And I can't. Uh, let me see. I I think that the it may have been this '95 game. No, it's probably this '97 game. I can't. I'm trying to find out all about their rivalry and see the actual scores, but. <laughs> My brother and I started a term because great moments in gambling history. Because we had both bet on Chicago that night. They were big underdogs. And we had bet on Chicago at home. And Packers, of course, had Favre. And they just lit Chicago up. Well, we were sitting there just depressed. We were like, shit. We, you know, because I think that was going to be the the game that either got us over the th- – if we lost, we're over the threshold where we have to pay. But if we win, you know, we live to fight another day. So, um, like, with with – 40 seconds left or some shit like that. And that's why I'm trying to find it online. A Chicago, a no name Chicago running back takes off for 80 yards for a touchdown. That meant absolutely nothing to anybody, but me and Except Austin. To y'all. <laughs> and, and then, the, and I shit you not, man, the very next week, it was Jacksonville playing Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh scores. And we're like, damn it. You know, right at the end, and all they have to do is kick the extra point. And the only way we could have won was if the extra point was blocked and returned for two points or whatever it was. Uh, it was something along those lines. Because uh, I, I didn't think in the NFL you could do that. But I remember it was something like that. And so we had two weeks in a row for Monday Night Football. We had, we were going to get the guy who does the NFL films, you know, great moments yeah. in gambling history. You know, <laughs> Luke and Austin were both at minus 495 for the week. One more loss takes them over the – crucial uh red line of five hundred dollars you know we could have done it um well if you are into gambling um 
I would not be betting on LSU anytime soon, Jimmy. It sounds like they've got some problems going on down there in Red Stick. Uh, you know, I, it's, don't be shocked that uh, Ed Orgeron, a man who looks like he eats people on the way to work, is a little bit undisciplined. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really feels like it's coming apart at the seams down there a little bit, and you know, it goes back to, I think, I think it's our old friend, Abraham Lincoln, our old friend, Abraham, who said uh, uh, the true, true test of a man isn't when you give him power, isn't when you give him adversity, it's when you give him power. And I think LSU is not handling being at the top of the mountaintop very well. And they're not the first to succumb to that. Uh, they're just the latest. And that's what it feels like to me is that Orgeron maybe was built to climb up the hill, but he wasn't built to stay there. <laughs> and uh, yeah. whew, it's, just, it's just sort of a mess in so many ways. It's so weird that they beat us out for Sage Ryan, a big-time recruit, a couple weekends ago, and, and who knows if that's over. I wonder if something like this might give him and his family some second thoughts about Alabama. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 just go, it also goes to show – how incredible Nick Saban is because it wasn't just that Saban brought Alabama back, which was miracle enough, which was incredible achievement enough, but he kept Alabama there year after 13 seasons in a row at number one. That's like freaking Cy Young winning 511 games and Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak and uh, Babe Ruth winning 20 games of pitcher and hitting seven home runs as a hitter. You know, it's like, that's never going to be done again. People 50 years from now will be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Surely they were put under the jail for cheating during this period of time, right? And and hopefully that won't be the case down the road. But <laughs> I'm just saying, it's going to boggle the minds of historians just like those great numbers that we see, whether it's baseball, basketball, or Wilt Chamberlain's, you know, 100-point night. and I mean, it's, it's like that. Nick, 13 years in a row at number one, LSU was number one for like a year, and then they totally come apart. And, and, and that feels like almost normal. Like, well, that's what happens. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But they, it's not just – you know, problems on the recruiting show, which, I mean, the recruiting-wise are doing fine, apparently, because uh, they follow zero rules. But um, the the whole thing about – it sounds like this is more than Orgeron, too. This goes so deep into the administration that is uh, – it's very scary. And, look, you don't want to throw the, the whole school under the bus just yet. I mean, I guess let's wait and see what comes out of this. But, wow, um, for USA Today to publish a story like they did about LSU – today about basically administrative cover-ups involving all kinds of people, but uh, mostly football players um, and, and, you know, allegations of rape and all these other things for USA Today to actually print that. They didn't just say, you know what, we got to, we got to, we were perusing a message board and <laughs> posted, he thinks LSU's cheating. Hmm. I think we should just write a whole story about that. That's not how this went down. You know? That's right. Um, this went hey, down. think about this. Way. Yeah. Think about where Baylor was. I mean, not, not in the national scope, but Baylor's playing their best football pro, best football of all time with their most successful coach of all time, 
hosting things like college game day, and then they get busted not taking assault of women seriously, and then Baylor's in the ditch, and Art Browse is never going to be a head coach at a significant program again. I mean, it's yeah, a big in, deal. In a, in a sense, his son sort of was paying for some of his sins too, right? I mean, correct, correct, yeah, correct, correct. He's in, he's in coaching and he's doing well, isn't he? At uh, Arkansas, right? Uh, he is. Yeah, he's a, doing pretty yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. But uh, he paid a price and. I think even today, uh, you know, when that name comes up, I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind. So it's, uh, I, I mean, obviously Hugh Freeze, whose name is all over the place for the South Carolina job, he's got uh, cheating issues, hooker issues, uh, no one believes anything he says issues, and he's going to be a head coach again. Art Browse is not. And if Orgeron is found to be – uh, lacking in this area, he won't be a head coach again either. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that's that's the I'd say the the biggest story so far. Um. But you know, it has, of course, COVID is also in there. Um. Another game has been canceled. Uh, Ole Miss and Texas A and M has been postponed. I guess not necessarily canceled. Uh, I assume they'll play it since it's a Western game. Uh, but there hadn't been any decisions made. And you wonder if they're going to swap some things around for the game on Saturday. I mean, there's been some talk of it, and it it makes some sense to me to not play an Eastern team and to play a Western team, certainly. Uh, and I'd be fine playing LSU right now. I wish we'd move that game to right now. I don't know if it can be done. I don't know if there's enough time. Uh, and if, if uh, Texas A&M still having problems with COVID, I, I've got to assume um, – Texas, uh, LSU still having some problems. So, I mean, who knows right now? Things are such a cluster at the moment, Jimmy. It is, and it's a mess. And I would just remind everyone that this is what I'm doing. I'm enjoying the mess. And by that, I don't yeah. mean rooting for chaos. I'm just glad we have a mess to be upset about because there were several times this summer when it just didn't look like it would happen. I, I, I think there's been incredible effort made uh, – in these athletic departments to, to make these seasons happen. And uh, looks like we're not getting all the games and teams, you know, some teams will play 10 games and some teams will play eight games and then the pack 10 pack 12, some teams may play five games, but instead of, of bitching about that, I think we should be like, wow, at least we had a semblance of a season despite crazy odds against it. So I'm excited. I'm excited to watch Monday night football tonight. I believe I'll get to watch some Mac football Tuesday and Wednesday night while we also watch the NBA draft in Kyra Lewis. Uh, and then Thursday night's more NFL football. I, I, I'm just excited to watch it. And, and eat. the season's going to be uneven. But here's, here's a huge point I want to make tonight, Luke, and I can't emphasize this enough. With this complete craziness going on where Alabama practiced today for Kentucky, knowing they could get a call, by 8 p.m. that, oh, by the way, you're not playing Kentucky because that's the new rule now. Up until Monday night at 8 o'clock, you can be called by the league office who says, by the way, here's your opponent next Saturday. It's different than you thought. So Alabama to practice for Kentucky, knowing you could get the call that Alabama could play LSU, Arkansas, or Auburn this, this Saturday. And if I hear on the Twitter or the social media or talk radio one time 
that this year's national champion doesn't deserve it because it wasn't a normal year, I'm going to go ape shit nuts because you deserve it more than ever this year because of what everybody has had to go through. Even if you didn't have the COVID issues other teams did, the crazy flexible scheduling, no spring practice, six weeks of fall camp, not knowing who you're going to play week to week, this year's national champion Put it in gold, man. I mean, whoever wins it this year, whether it's Alabama or not, I don't care. Whoever wins it, they more than deserve it. They're they're a freaking – they climb Mount Everest. No, I'm right there with you, man. Totally right there with you. Um, Something else that should be right there with you, Jimmy, and that's Coors Light. Uh, Our good buddy Justin Clayton tweeted at us that he was enjoying a cold Coors Light while he was on the golf course today. Appreciate that, Justin. Uh, Coors Light, it's the beer you go to when you want to chill. It's made to chill right there in Golden, Colorado. That's where it's brewed. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. Check out CoorsLight.com. That's where you want to go so you can find out everything you need to. Uh, But I can tell you all that right now. I can save you a trip to the website by just telling you it's awesome. Don't worry about all this all these impurities and all this other junk is is good for you. It's not going to fill you up. It's going to taste delicious and it's made to chill you out after your big go, go, go week. So go get a Coors Light, drink and celebrate responsibly, of course, but do grab yourself a Coors Light. It will help you take in a weekend full of uncertainty. And that's what every day is like right now here in 2020. Coors Light, CoorsLight.com. Okay, Jimmy, um, you know, assuming we do play Kentucky this weekend, right, um, it's kind of interesting that Mac Jones was once committed there. And when he was committed there, you know, people have made fun of uh, Mac Jones's picture in the locker room after the Tennessee game because he did look like a 38-year-old divorced father of two. Um, (laughs) But, uh, man, when he was 17 – he looked like the son of a divorced father of two who was 38. <laughs> I talk about it all the time. I talked about it on this show more, more than anywhere. Mac looks so different than what he is. Mac looks like, if you just look at Mac Jones, shirt off, shirt on, doesn't matter. Look at Mac Jones, and he looks like any other deke at Alabama or an SAE at Alabama, or he looks like a student. He looks like a nice guy. He looks like a tennis player because he comes from a family of tennis players. He went to the bowl school, and yeah. I'll say that. He went to the bowl school, and I'll say that in a way to say, if you go to a school that has a the at the beginning of it, it's like fancy pants. He went to a fancy pants country club high school, he looks like a tennis player. He looks like a student. And you make all these assumptions about him, right? Game manager, smart, soft. He's the opposite of all that. This dude is tough as leather. He is more athletic than you think. He's not a game manager. He's a playmaker. Dude's completing 80% of his passes and chunks it deep about 10 times a game and, and completes most of them. He's a playmaking tough he will take a shot to the chin to complete an eight yard out for a first down that's very jake coker of him yeah he is that way he is that way remember how tough jake is greg greg's tough like that too but you would never assume all that stuff looking at him he's the ultimate 
don't judge a book by its cover quarterback because you make all these assumptions. I always joke all the time with my little circle of pals that to me reminds me of Greg Brady on the Brady Bunch. I don't know why it doesn't exactly look just like Greg Brady, but I see Mac Jones, I see Greg Brady and from the Brady Bunch, uh, not, not Tom Brady of, of uh, <laughs> NFL Hall of Fame. But he is tough. He's good. He's more athletic than he gets credit for. And uh, frankly, I mean, at this point, if he stays healthy and COVID-free, he's going to be a Heisman finalist. And that just blows my mind, boggles my mind, up until the point that you watch him play football and you're like, oh, yeah, this is one of the best players in all of college football. And he is. And now I think the Jake Coker comparison in terms of taking a hit is a good one. I don't know that he would dole out a hit the way Jake Coker would. And I don't yeah, think he's, he doesn't, he doesn't have, he's not that big. No, and he's not as athletic as Jake Coker was. Jake Coker was a badass on the basketball court too. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Mac's more accurate. I don't think there's any you know doubt what I learned. You know what I learned the other night? Uh, 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 speaking of Coker, check this out about how athletic Coker is. Coker's grandfather and his his, his uh, paternal grandfather, Jules Coker, I think his name is. How cool is that, Jules? His grandfather was drafted out of high school by the New York Yankees and then drafted out of college by the Boston Celtics. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Jules Coker sounds like somebody who was a – Sidekick to Indiana Jones, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but how cool is that? And it would be cool enough if I told the whole story and said, Do you know that Coker's uh, grandfather was drafted by the Minnesota Twins and then two years later by the Minnesota Timberwolves? That's a good story. But what makes it even better is the Yankees and the Celtics. It's like the most storied franchises ever. So anyway, just an interesting little side note there. That's that's crazy and i mean look he was he's just an athlete what is jake doing now i know you talked to him the other day he's was he selling mm-hmm. pharmaceutical stuff <laughs> that's what all no, he, he, <laughs> no he he's a, he's a, he's in the, the the business let's just say he's in the business world earning the business dollar uh by the way his sister is a strong candidate to be on the united states olympics team next Good summer point. in japan yeah she's a high jumper uh, in the Air Force Academy, I believe. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah, really is nuts. Uh, doing really uh, well, loves his Alabama Crimson Tide and is uh, very happy for Mac Jones. I, I like, I'll tell you what, man, Jake, Jake's up there for me in terms of just, you know, special guys that, that you could, that played at Alabama and, and performed at a high level and did some big things and that you could also, like, if you saw him in a bar, they'd probably sit down and talk with you and tell you good stories. Um, you know, I think every school's got their certified badasses that you can't touch. I mean, we, you can't just go up to Julio and be like, hey, man, tell me about that that 2009 Georgia Southern. <laughs> no, you can't do that shit. Um, Julio, just, he just, he just, he'd flick his finger and you'd just go flying across the bar, you know. Um, <laughs> And then there's some other ones that you, you can't do it because they, they probably weren't interesting enough or they, they, they might have been on the team, but they, they're not a lot of fun. You know, I don't know. But Jake Coker seems like the kind of dude who is comfortable in any scenario. And uh, I, I like me some yeah. Jake Coker. Very, Jimmy, uh, very approachable. Very approachable. He's very approachable. Let's take a break, Jimmy. When we come back, we're going to talk about Bama and the NFL. <laughs> 
Jimmy, one thing that I need to tell everybody about, of course, is Built Go. Go to builtgo.com. Uh, guys, I, if I'm lying, I'm dying. Um, I, I worked out a few times this weekend, and before each workout, I still have some of my Built Go, and I tried it. I, I didn't try to take it. I mean, I've tried it several times. It's it's awesome. I mean, you really do feel like, okay, I can get in there and do this now. I mean, I'm not a workout warrior. I'm not doing all that stuff. But I do try to lift a little more weights now because I I can't run. I never could. I can't jump. I never could. So I might as well be stronger in case of a zombie apocalypse. And the only way I'm going to get through that zombie apocalypse is with Built Go. So I've got to have my Built Go. Uh, the, the flavors are delicious. Three awesome flavors. These little packets, they fit in your briefcase. They fit in your gym bag. You can just, you know, put them in your pocket, whatever you want to do. You can have them before a workout. You can have them just to start your day. So much better for you and less of a crash, actually no crash compared to something like five hour energy, which I promise you I've taken my share of five hour energies. I've been in some marathon poker tournaments before and I had to have them, but you know what? I'm going to Vegas in a few weeks. I'm going to take me some built goes and I'm going to whip ass like no tomorrow using built go, go to builtgo.com and use promo code locked on to get 20% off your order. I promise you you'll love them. If you don't love them, Email Jimmy personally. He will refund your money. Asterisk. Not happening. Uh, so go to builtgo.com. All right, Jimmy, let's talk about Bama in the NFL. Yesterday, a big, big day. I mean, look, every Sunday is a big Sunday for Alabama in the NFL right now. But, man, yesterday was humongous because Alabama had – Four players go over 100 yards? Is that is that right? I mean, I keep Basically, saying it. I'm like, how the hell did that happen? It's as simple as this. If, if you're a running back in the NFL and you played at Alabama, then you are your team's player of the week. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's pretty much that simple. We had multiple great days from backs, and, uh, and that's fun, and 201 again, and tonight Eddie Jackson plays for the Bears. Uh, Irv Smith plays for the Vikings, and it's just a golden period of Alabama football where not only does the Alabama football team favor to win by 31 over really a fairly good Kentucky team, uh, you know, you turn on any NFL game, and, and there's a former Alabama star from the very recent past. I saw a uh, – I hate that I forget the, uh, the, 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 tweet, the tweeter that put this out tonight but I retweeted it, uh, just a random tweet that I saw from a random Alabama fan that said if Alex Leatherwood is drafted in April and becomes his team's starting left tackle, of which he's basically certain to be, then the last four Alabama left tackles will, will all be starting the NFL. And they've oh all God. played since 2017. Because you're, you're really talking about, you know, uh, Jonah Williams in 2017. Uh, and, and Alex Leatherwood, Jedrick Wills. Uh, I mean, it's just crazy the number of tackles that Alabama has put in the NFL recently. Cam Robinson's a starting left tackle in, in, in the NFL. Uh, and, and that's why, you know, you end up with a Tommy Brockermeyer and a J.C. Latham. I mean, it explains the whole thing. I mean, yeah. there's not a secret formula to it. It's, it's just the facts that Alabama can present to prospects. Who was the guy on The Simpsons that was selling the monorail idea? And uh, I remember that guy. I, I remember that guy. I can't. I think it was him that had the quote. There's no. There's no trick to it. It's just a simple trick. <laughs> and that's you know that's that's how it. 
<laughs> it's just, it's just awesome to me. Um, I, I, the other one, it, it, which is apropos of nothing, when Homer Simpson was talking about the uh, the love potion Grandpa had that he, he was going to start selling, he said, "After years of failing with get rich quick schemes, I know I'm going to get rich with this scheme and quick." <laughs> I mean, like I'm still remembering these Simpsons quotes, and I haven't seen that episode in 15 years. I mean, like I, I haven't seen any Simpsons episode in years, and I know every Simpsons episode you talk about. We well, we were watching it at the same exact time, yeah, and the same exact. I have not seen the Simpsons in years, but I know every one of these quotes. Like when uh, when Abe Simpson said, "Son, one of these days." I'll be dead. I won't be around anymore. And Homer said, Dad, you and your imagination. <laughs> he said, uh, he also told Homer one time, he, because Homer was uh, really, had had a heart attack. And he said, and he was in the hospital. And he said, you know, they, they always say that the saddest thing that can happen to a father is if his son dies before him. He said, actually, I see an upside to it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> all right so uh solid. but i, I want to talk about I, I did i hate for this segment to always be dominated by tua but i kind of dig it uh my wife actually said that this to me yesterday i was as i was watching the dolphins play um the chargers it, you know it was a five and three dolphins playing the six and two chargers uh, i mean the two and six chargers as if anybody gave a damn and uh <laughs> man I was so into it, like, and my wife goes, "You know, two is not your son, right?" And I said, "I said I'll let you know when the test comes back." Damn it! I said, "You don't know this. Um, let me have this moment, you know." And um, but Tua, once again, it, he's impressing me by how much he's controlling himself. Every now and again, he throws one that shouldn't be thrown, and he's been very fortunate in terms of some some uh, stone-handed linebackers could have easily intercepted a couple of his passes yesterday but um for whatever reason they just it just didn't happen probably because he's a Hawaiian magician but um he he's really staying within the offense and the other thing is his presence i think has inspired the dolphins as a whole since he's yes. been a starter like they've had defensive touchdowns they've had defenses uh, get the defense, get them turnovers, and then put the ball inside the one yard line a couple of times. They've had a uh, either a kickoff or a punt return for a touchdown. They've had all this shit going on because it's just his presence is sort of doing this. And I, I don't want to just overstate it and make him seem like a messiah, but he's kind of close to a messiah. <laughs> really, uh, I mean, it sounds a little bit like spin, but re- really, it's not. I, what I would say is. Are we are we watching the birth of Tua the game manager? Oh yeah, he's sort of been managing the games to a win by staying out of bad plays. As awesome as he was at Alabama, there were some bad plays. I think I don't know if weakness is the right word, but maybe a frustration with Tua, and, and it was a reason he he got hit so much. Is at Alabama probably because he was surrounded by all those great playmakers at wide out and running back and and tied in, Tua would try to make the big play happen until the last millisecond, whether it was going deep when he shouldn't have, whether it was scrambling out of trouble 
and still keeping his eyes downfield trying to make the play. Tua was so driven to make the big play that sometimes it wasn't the smartest thing to do, and it would end up being either a bad play or worse, he'd get hurt. Uh, It appears that someone has really gotten into his head about getting the ball out early, uh, avoiding the bad play, Uh, maybe not every third pass is a deep ball, Uh, let's check it down, let's get it out quickly, and uh, it's like he's playing a different style, which you need to do. It's a different league. It's it's, it's a different reality. And uh, so far, the results are are 3-0 in a league where, you know, let's be honest, it's more difficult to win games in that league than it is to win even in Major League Baseball, the NHL, and the NBA, where they play so many more games. Uh, That's why it's harder to win these NFL games, and Two has won all three, in which he's been the uh, the quarterback. And he his play that that really um, epitomizes him is the fact that uh, there was a fumble. It was a bad snap, and um, uh, Tua tried to get on it, and it, the ball squirts away from him, and then uh, sort of gets away from another dude, and ends up in the hands of this linebacker who takes off running right, and he's he's hauling ass. Tua catches him, and you know he didn't lay him out, but he he's able to hold on to him and actually bring him down and it saved a touchdown. And I, that's the kind of, that's the kind of thing he does that will, you know, get him so much respect in that locker room. Um, I just thought it was, was a tremendous play by a tremendous guy. I'm so dead gum happy for him. I don't know what to do. I'm so happy. We actually have a quarterback in the league that's, that's actually living up to something right now. I mean, obviously, uh, some of these other guys like Burrow and and uh, and Herbert, they're having better years right now. There's no doubt about it. But I, you know, long term, I mean, say what you want to. I'm not betting against Tua to be the best of the bunch. No, let's let's just see how. Let's see what ha- I mean. This is the amazing thing to me. I mean, the Dolphins do have an elite defense, and and whoever's coaching their special teams needs a raise because they're they're playing great. But the Dolphins' offense, which isn't super and Tua is just simply managing, is sort of devoid of big-time playmakers. And I'm very anxious to see now the Dolphins have stockpiled some picks. Let's put some playmakers around Tua, and and maybe those numbers start looking better. Um, Do you think he had better receivers at Alabama, or he's got better receivers right now? Alabama. And I say that not as like, well, you know, Alabama's better than NFL teams. No, I'm saying that relative to the competition. True. Relative to the competition, there is no question he had better receivers at Alabama. Now, were Judy Ruggs, Devontae, and, and, and Waddle better than this current crew with the Dolphins? Uh, in some ways, long-term, sure. You know, but, yeah, the Dolphins just need more playmakers. They need to be better up front. They need to have a back they can depend on. They need to have, Literally, they should spend the first three or four picks of their 2021 draft on, on offensive players you can put around to him. Yeah, I agree that that Jakeem Grant, he's built like uh, Brandon Brooks on steroids. That's exactly what he looks like. And, uh, and, and he's a badass. I mean, he's a little dynamo. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, in the NFL, I don't think, you know, the, it's, it's very rare for a guy like Tyreek Hill to do Tyreek Hill things. That's not what happens in this league. I mean, it's it's a it's a copycat cookie cutter league, and and you need some bigger uh, frisbee catching dogs. And 
Devontae Parker, <laughs> Devontae Parker's a good wide receiver. Don't get me wrong, but you know, again, it, it, they that's not their strength of their team. I'll put, I'll put it that way nicely. Well, look at uh, it's a league of dudes. It's a league of super dudes. Look what DeAndre Hopkins did for the Cardinals yesterday, because he's a super dude. I mean, by that I mean he's like very possibly has alien DNA. That's the only way to explain how good he is. And sometimes it doesn't matter these fantastical plays that the OC designs and that you implement and block perfectly. No, you just throw it 100 feet up in the air, and DeAndre Hopkins jumps up 100 feet and catches it oh, with his strong it. hands. And that's it's a league full of, of, super, of men with superpowers, and uh, you got to put a couple of those guys around too, and then, then we'll see his number. His numbers will rise as their talent level on offense, on offense rises. All right, buddy, that'll do it for this podcast. Meanwhile, I've already texted you, and I will tell everybody, uh, go check out Chris Vernon's Masters updates. If you hadn't seen them, I know they're old. You do, it's, the timing is not important on these, though. It was a brilliant idea and absolutely hilarious. I highly recommend everybody checking it out. Um, you know, I, I don't know a ton about Chris Vernon, but I'm going to find out a lot more about him uh, starting now. So, Jimmy, I texted you, uh, and you need to go pull that up and watch it. Uh, we'll do that. So right after I watch Monday Night Football. Yeah. Roll Tide.